And it's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. TM, TM. On this beautiful day. Good morning, two and three. With Morocco, Sepp and Mando. Tune in live at 10.30. And it's all on the road radio. It's a beautiful day. Have a beautiful day. TM, TM. Yo, 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 what up, what up, good morning, good morning, GM, GM, Monday, November 21st, 2022, look at that, another beautiful day, to have a beautiful day, I have my co-host, OSF in the house, was good, GM, GM man, how you doing? Good, are you hearing me right? You were saying I can hear you. Okay. I can hear you well now. I can hear you well. It was the it was the national anthem. I think uh, maybe you deliberately made it poor quality. I don't know. No, I did not. I <laughs> I, I I actually um I used Spotify like I do all the rest of the songs. Um, uh, and I went on. I I searched up UK national anthem, uh, and I picked the first one, which was "God Save the Queen." Um, I was gonna play some UK drill, uh, but I couldn't find the right song I wanted. I was looking for on time. Uh, and I was scrabbling at the beginning of the show. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and so I, I didn't play that one. I do wish uh, Mando would have been here, but he, he's got he's got something to take care of before he comes in, in here. So he's going to be a couple minutes late. Uh, but, you know, we are here. Golden, um, <laughs> how you doing this morning? GM, let's get it. Monday, let's go. Let's go, baby. Oh, my. Oh, my. Um, but, yeah, I, I know it was kind of um, my bad then. If that was a fail, but it looks like uh, it looks like you guys won your first uh, your first match in the World Cup because it is, it's not just any Monday today, it's World Cup Monday specifically, uh, and so super duper hyped uh, about this. Of course, uh, Ovi, uh, you guys, uh, you guys starting starting strong here uh, on the on the on the uh, on the British side on the UK side, um, and just FYI, um, this account and this show will become World Cup. Um, <laughs> World Cup uh, related for the next uh, for the next month. I think they can expect a lot of that uh, football talk, Osap, Right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think the it's weird that the World Cup is during winter, but um, yeah. for me, it's always been like the biggest event of the year. Every year it happens, it just feels a bit weird this year. And we also had the Euros just last year as well because it was delayed due to COVID. So it feels kind of weird to have two major tournaments back to back. But oh, it's um, true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the COVID tournaments didn't hit the same though. Even sports in general, but I gotta say, uh, though it is definitely a, um, though it is, um, it is uh, weird in the winter. There's like something cool about it. I don't know, but I don't know what it is, Ovi. But I don't know. Um, I guess it's just because it's the World Cup. But World Cup is the World Cup, so it'll be fun. Uh, book in your get your 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 bets now, y'all. Uh, who's gonna win? I know Ovi's going for England. Obviously, I'm rooting for France. I got two bonus teams this year. Teams this year, I'm lucky. Iran and Canada made it honorary, but you know, off to a tough start this morning. Uh, obviously, the English had to injure our goalie uh, early on in the game um, to get going. But anyways, we're not going to. Anyways, today on the show, today on the show, another big week ahead. 
on GMWeb3. Super hyped about it. Uh, Macro and NFT daily summary weekend recap per usual. Uh, what's going on with DCG and Genesis? Uh, we're going to um, dive a little deeper into that as well. I know Mando wanted to touch on that last Friday. Couldn't make it. Uh, so we're going to we're gonna maybe like, you know, clarify, explain the situation for people who are wondering because uh, I know that it's uh, it's been quite the topic over the weekend um, and, uh, and it's an important one uh, to, to break down for people. FTX Hacker, I know if y- y'all probably saw it. He dumped, uh, I think, 50,000 ETH. And he's got about 20,000 more ETH. So I guess that's one of the reasons why uh, ETH dumped over the weekend. Uh, ApeCoin DAO uh, changes council members and there's council uh, reshuffling going on there. And then Rafik Anadol is going to come on the show, actually. We've had him already for, for an interview. You can go back and listen to our Apple podcast or Spotify. Uh, but um, last week, he was at the MoMA. So it was so sick uh, to see Rafik uh, at the MoMA. And obviously, he's got an IG drop as well. But uh, what was really cool is that obviously, we had a long conversation on this show actually i think three months ago um about the moma uh, selling 70 million dollars worth of physical art uh and uh getting into digital art uh and we were trying to like take our guests guesses on stage like who's gonna go in and not surprised to see uh, rafiq do that so super excited to chat with him and as usual uh gm web 3 is powered by uniswap the most trusted name DeFi. uh excited to to see uh, for y'all to see what they've got coming up shipping shipping season baby anyways with that with that enough small talk let's get right into it daily market report brought to you by rug radio hey good morning guys so the macro stuff is pretty benign like equities are down maybe 0.5 0.8 percent on the s&p 500 nasdaq Interest rates are rallying a little bit. Oil has been very heavy. You know, oil is now at 76. I think this is back to the year-to-date lows, I think, if I'm not, mis- if I'm not mistaken. So oil has definitely um, been on a, on a downtrend for the last few days and, and maybe even a few weeks now. Um, but nothing more to add apart from that. I was looking at um, the data that we're expecting for the rest of this year. So we're going to have non-farm payrolls that will come on the 2nd of December Early consensus for that number right now is minus 30K. So that's the change in non-farm payrolls. This would be the first month in a long time, I think probably since uh, since right after the post-COVID area, era when you would have actually a decline in, in payrolls. And that's versus a number of plus 261,000 just the previous month. So that's a very sharp decline in the space of just two or three months. In the same time, you've had inflation go down in the last two or three months. So I think... If that number comes anywhere near what that consensus is, it's going to be a very, very strong case and put a lot of pressure on the Fed once again to potentially change or communicate a change in their monetary policy. Of course, you have the inflation number that we'll get in mid-December, and then after that, you'll have the FOMC. So I guess the point I'm trying to say is that if you have a, if you do get a weak payrolls number, if, you, if it is to the tune of negative 30,000, and on top of that, you have inflation come lower again for, for what would be the sixth month in a row, I think the expectation for the Fed to communicate a pivot or maybe have a, a lower hike in December are going to be pretty high. And I would expect there to be quite a large interest rate rally going into that. Now, historically, when you have interest rate rallies, you see a huge rally in risk assets. You, you see tech stocks rally, you see crypto rally, and interest rates selling off is what's caused, to an extent, is what's caused those risk assets to sell off. I'm not sure if an interest rate rally causes risk assets to necessarily rally because it does show you that there are real 
medium term growth concerns. And that's what people are going to start being worried about now instead of inflation. And the oil price fits in with that. You know, oil at 76 is down about 25% from this year's highs. So people are going to start fearing and worrying about how deep or bad the recession will be next year. There is a possibility that if the Fed changes its policy just in time at the right time, you could have a continued lower inflation and you might be able to save any real depth of a recession. And I think that's what the bull case is. It's unclear as to what the likelihood or possibility of that is, but that's something definitely worth considering, I think. And, um, you know, the next uh, the next two or three weeks are going to be very important. I think we don't get any data for two weeks, but when we get to the 1st of December and you get start getting this data until the middle of that month, I think it's going to be the most important two or three weeks of this year because it's going to set the tone for next year, I would say. Um, and then crypto-wise, like I, see, I think we all seen the headlines over the weekend of the hacker dumping about 50,000 ETH, which I think was about $250 million or, or something like that, to the tune of that. Um, Bitcoin was kind of barely claiming onto 16K. ETH is, I think, went below 1,100 very briefly, but managed to hold. I have to say, with that much ETH being dumped on a Sunday, it's quite impressive that the move low was just 5 or 6%. Um, but yeah, ETH is, uh, crypto seems to kind of be, kind of continues to underperform macro. I think that will probably still be the case until you have like a bigger paradigm shift in macro, which is definitely possible, I think, in the next two or three weeks. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I, we saw that actually, Mando, just in time. We're probably gonna, gonna, gonna talk about that in a minute. But I also think, I think Ovi, he, I'm reading, I think he dumped an additional 15,000 ETH as well. Ah, really? or, wow. yeah, like a couple, yeah. few hours ago. So, seems like he's at. So that would put it at sixty five thousand ETH um, swap for Rand BTC. Uh, so definitely, there's there's a move, uh, something to look at there. Uh, of your course, because they had, I believe, two hundred and fifty thousand uh, ether, right? Um, so uh, obviously, we'll uh, we'll see what happens then. From Mando, good morning. How you doing, Jim? Guys, can you hear me? Yes, sir. How you doing? Yeah, good. Good. So I had to run back in the rain. No, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, baby duties, right? Listen, yeah, you exactly. got right into it. I, I was thinking about it the other day. You actually, I know at the beginning you're like, yeah, I'll probably need to like put a pause on the whole thing for, for a couple of weeks. I think that turned into 24 hours instead of two weeks. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I was thinking about it I think this weekend. I was like, hey, hey he never yeah, actually I think I missed, stopped. I missed like a couple of shows. Couple like one shows, or two. And then Gordon and Gaga came on and obviously you came back for that. That was like three days after your baby was born. And, <laughs> and you never stopped because it was like back to back crazy weeks. <laughs> so definitely, to be fair, uh, a lot of other things stopped, but I, I didn't do, uh, I kept them doing rug radio. It's, uh, it's, it's almost easier to do because you actually catch up with stuff. At the same time, right? So it's yeah, not that bad. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. You, uh, you, uh, you, you literally, uh, you literally. It's the, it's the truth. It's like it's, it's a way. I always say that, Mendo. It's like even on days where it's like tougher, like because you have to come back every day. It's like it's fine because it's like a way to like educate yourself and stay on top of like what's happening in the space. And you're kind of forced to be in the know and do your research because like we have to present it to <laughs> to hundreds of thousands of people every day. So. Uh, it is uh, it is how it is. You did miss uh, the beginning, uh, Mando. I played a special song for y'all. Maybe we'll do it again uh, later. But we All were right. just yeah. But we were just getting into uh, into the market side of things. Obviously, Ovi gave us his market rundown as usual. Uh, and uh, let's talk about NFTs, and then we're going to talk about the whole Genesis, um, DCG, it's and all that markets. stuff. The yeah. bear market is tough. Just continues, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> you were you were tired of it yesterday. You were you were like, all right. Oh, I'm all right. just. 
like, oh, we spend another week talking about the bear market again. Like, <laughs> is it? It kind of sucks. Do you guys? Before I get to the NFT side of things, Bando Ovi, um, how's this week looking for you? Is it going to be? I know my last question to you guys before going to bed was, "Is going to be doomsday type of timeline this week, isn't it?" Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could be, but how much? I I don't know why I'm saying this. How much worse can it get? Every time I say that, it just gets worse, doesn't it? But I think, like I, as I said, I think there are some potential big macro tailwinds, and I think we need to figure out the extent of this mess and figure out the extent of any potential sell pressure. But stuff is holding up okay. I, I think people just look. Imagine if you're someone who's coming this year, you've lost a bunch of money in NFTs. You trade stuff in FTX and you lose a bunch of money on FTX, and then crypto crashes like another fifty percent. You're just like, for fuck's sake! Like, how how can you get through this year? Like, I think a lot of people are throwing in the towel, and understandably so. So morale really is at an all time low or year to date low, I would say. And it's those are the moments where you're like kind of meant to buy or kind of meant to hold on and just see it through. And I think we're there now. We are there for a good reason. I'm not saying the reasons out there are irrelevant, but Something else is changing in the world, I think. I think, and we'll get more data to see whether that is right or wrong. And crypto's had a hiccup, granted a very large hiccup, but provided we can get through it, and I think we will, like we always do, it probably means it's a good time to, if not buy, then just hold on and not sell. That's what I think. And you know, maybe there could be another 20, 30% move lower. And if there was, I think that's what I'm holding out for to put in a bunch more and buy a bunch more. But um, I just think it's one of those moments in time where sentiment is at all-time lows and you're probably meant to take the other side of that yeah we uh i mean we've been there uh, we were just there i think mind over the weekend we were chatting about uh uh about the the times back in uh around june right which feels like forever ago when when we got that first big dip and we're just like ah all right well we're gonna have to we're gonna have to, to hang tight uh, here and uh, and uh, and just and just roll with the punches. So seems like we're back in somewhat of a similar situation. But yeah, that's why let's get to NFTs. And I definitely want to ask you guys more about DCG and Genesis because obviously that has a lot to play with this. Um, and uh, and uh, and I know you guys uh, will 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 bring some clarity to that. But first, but first, but first, let's get right into it, Mando. Who is the man, macro daddy of the land? Can you dig it? GM, like, <laughs> I wouldn't say there's been a lot going on. I, I, I <laughs> there, but NFTs has just not been the focus, really, let's be honest. Um, I think it's mainly just been, been uh, crypto. Over the weekend, given the uh, given what was going on with the hacker and and what's going on with digital currency group, but um, overall things have been kind of flat since I would say Wednesday or Thursday of last week. So board apes are still up around um, up around sixty. Uh, CryptoPunk think around sixty three. Uh, they're still they've still been flipped. The other side, other side actually had a bit of a pump um, over the weekend. That's back up to just shy of one point five, like one point three area. Um, that had, saw a lot of volume. Obviously, there's apes staking at the end of this month now, which um, which should be interesting. The rare pass, rare pass is holding in pretty well. It's still at about 22 ETH. Um, I think they got up to around 28 at one stage last week, but now now it's held in held in around 22. Um, Clonex again, we've spoken a few times about how that's going to be the focus. Um, that's been up 
that's still just shy of nine ETH. Um, and you've seen some some money move back into um, to Azuki as well uh, after the large sales last week. But still, still not a lot, a huge amount to to report um, in terms of in terms of volume. Uh, I think volumes have been just shy of about eight, eight million each day of the last few over the last few days. Although we had a very quiet Sunday, um, but yeah, very very quiet weekend I would say. But price action has been relatively stable. We haven't we haven't rallied into the idea that ETH went dropped what five to 7% over the weekend. Actually, yeah, to 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 the NFT front, of course, like it's I mean it's been like since the whole like uh SBF stuff uh blew over. Um <clears throat> the NFT side of things has been extremely quiet, uh quieter at least. Uh, it was already pretty quiet. Um aside from the couple board ape stuff and obviously now it's just uh just shy of 60s. Uh, but what happened on the other side side? Was there something going on, or is it just someone in, came in and, and swept up? Because it is quite a bump. 113 like sales in 24 hours, yeah. They dipped below 1 ETH for a bit. Um, yeah. That was the same time that Mutants dipped below, well, it got to around 10, and Board Apes got to, like, what, high 40s at one stage. But, um, yeah, I think it's just money money coming back into that ecosystem. I do expect, remember, we had we had Gordon on the show, and he did say mm-hmm. from December we'd start to hear a few more things, so... I would be oh. to talk to hear a few more things. Yeah, we should uh, we should uh, we should go back and we should listen back on that for sure. Was it the part we got rugged or the part before we got rugged? <laughs> oh my. And that show was cut it cut into pieces because of that. Um but yeah, okay. So uh so I guess we'll see. I don't know if there's anything. I mean, obviously Art Basel's around the corner. Um we'll see what happens there. That's mostly on the NFT front. Uh we'll be there next week. Actually next Monday is when we 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 all pretty much uh, get started over there, uh, right? A couple of days before Basel with Metaverse Miami, but um, but definitely excited to see what projects uh, are going to be present there and the different activations that are going to be um, taking place. Uh, on the other side, yeah, I'm seeing like some doodles. Uh, doodles jumped uh, about eight nine percent, six point seven nine ETH. Uh, you have a jump uh, in. I mean, Azuki st- stuck around ten ETH. That what they did was pretty cool. The pudgy penguins had had a little run also over the weekend. Um, and in uh, a couple other NFTs, a couple of Meebs here and there, and then yeah, yeah, Pudgies had a bit of a move, and then Wolf Game has been the big winners from last week. I think in terms of the big projects, and then yeah, other deeds um, has been another big one. Oh, there we are, twenty seventh. Sorry, I'm scrolling through Flip Finance like I do every morning. <laughs> I, I scroll down towards the smaller caps. There we go, hundred rug radio sweep yesterday. <laughs> it was fun to see. Uh, I, I shared it as well. So we, we had a big day. We had a big day. 100 sales, right? It was 101 wallets. So it was more than 100 because it was followed by some more sales. But um, it's tough to track the amount of exact sales now that you have so many different platforms, right? Because when you have Blur that aggregates and you have people who list on Blur too. So it's like you have different aggregators and you have different uh, different platforms. So like, not it, it, I don't know if like what the perfect tool is at this stage anymore to track the amount of actual units um, that sell because like OpenSea will show 46 but it's not 46 right because it was 100 per a wa- in one wallet alone so um but yeah anyways so some more uh, fun stuff happened on that front uh but yeah that's about it definitely uh on the nft side of things uh obviously rafiq is going to come later on the show and talk about 
you know, what he's got going on with the MoMA, because that was a big event for NFTs. Obviously, we chatted about this weekend as well, but uh, we'll wait for that because uh, he'll come and, and talk about it for himself. So let's get into the big topic of the weekend. And of, of course, uh, of the last uh, the last couple of days of the weekend of last week um, is um, is what's going on with DCG and, and Genesis. And I know we touched on it quickly on Friday, uh, but obviously wanted to, to go into uh, uh, wanted to go into the um, into more details uh, with uh, with Mando here. Mando, I don't know if you want to maybe take this on and uh, kind of introduce and, and talk about it because uh, it's a pretty important thing uh, that I think most people need to understand. Yeah, so Digital Currency Group is... We, we did speak about it last week. I don't know if Ovi spoke about it on Friday. Um, yeah, yeah, Ovi, I think, touched on it Friday, but we didn't like, you know, I didn't, we didn't really get into the details of it. So Digital Currency Group is... Um, basically like a VC, but they also actually manage a few different big projects in the space. Um, it's run by a guy called Gary, Barry Silbert. Uh, it's been one of the OG operators in in the crypto space. Um, their two main products, or their two main businesses, along with their VC arm, where they invest in a bunch of different businesses, was Genesis. And Genesis acts like a, a prime broker in crypto. And that mainly does two main things. It's, it, it does trading, and it does lending. Um, and it looks like, and by trading, it means like OTC trading. So when people have big blocks, they would help facilitate um, that sort of trading. And they would also do a lending business so people could trade on margin um, for, for big size. So it looks like they were caught up in the uh, the fallout from FTX. Um, obviously, they, they, were, they either had bad debts, um, which FTX owed them, or they had money uh, tied up on the exchange, that that's still relatively unclear, but it looks like um, Genesis is in trouble. Now, uh, that's quite a big, big uh, issue because it has quite a lot of counterparty risk, and by that, it, it it's meant to just the vast majority of its businesses, you know, um, a wants to sell to, let's say, one one person wants to sell fifty million ETH, they find the buyer. Um, but they are the person in between both sides. So they almost act like a clearing exchange. So um, when when they fail, that can mean that um, the debts that they owe can can reverberate round. So they, they could have quite a lot of it, um, contagion exposure to the rest of the market here. Now, um, they apparently need just over a billion. It's it, it, Before they got bailed out by their parent company, which is Digital Currency Group, um, but now it looks like Digital Currency Group doesn't have the money to bail them out and might even be under problems itself. It's, it's unclear whether Digital Currency Group um, has money up at the Topco or, or maybe somehow it has exposure down at Genesis. Uh, maybe Genesis owed it, uh, owed it some money, which it now can't um, give back, and it, it could be a little bit of issues itself. Now, Digital Currency Group, like I said, is, is, has a range of different businesses that it's involved in. The, ma- the other main one is Grayscale which is um, the prospective Bitcoin and ETF, ETF trust, um, uh, and ETH, sorry, ETF trust, which uh, they've been running for a number of years now. And the idea for that was to, that it would get an ETF, uh, ETF license, essentially, in the US. Um, and that business makes money. So it clips a management fee every single year. Um, and it has billions and billions under management. I think it's it's a little bit unclear. I think it had close to ten to fifteen billion worth of Bitcoin and about 
uh, three to five billion worth of ETH, but that may have decreased during during the recent sell-off. So it might might be maybe forty percent lower than that now. Now that business is a good business. Um, it now looks like Digital Currency Group is going to have to sell some of its businesses potentially to raise this one billion. Um, so it might have to sell sell Grayscale, or it might have to sell one of its other PE investments. It's made a ton of different private equity investments. It looks like in the space, um, pretty much, uh, you know, uh, company after company, which we would consider blue chip in the space, has been in some way helped by Digital Currency Group. So there could be a, a, a part here where they have to sell some of their um, like tied up capital, um, equity capital in some of these in investments. Um, but it looks like it's going to be very difficult to raise money from the outside markets. So it's it, it's caused a lot of FUD um, in the idea that Grayscale has all these assets and people are like, well, they're going to have to sell all their Bitcoin and ETH. I don't think that's what's going to happen. What they might have to actually sell is Grayscale, the, the actual company. And you might have somebody come in, buy Grayscale for, I don't know, a few billion. And then that cures the issue at Digital Currency Group. Um, or they have to sell one of their other like private equity businesses, which help procure that that one billion. But that's the next move. It looks like for Digital Currency Group. I don't think there's a scenario now where where they have to sell a ton of ETH or Bitcoin. I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to go into like a bankruptcy. That's a very good asset they have in Digital Group, and I don't see why they would why they would um sorry in scales. I don't know why they they would take that down with with everything else. But uh, yeah, that's that's what people are getting very very worried about because they're such a big big operator in the space and there's clearly going to be um a bit of fallout i think from from them having to raise this capital and a lot of uncertainty about how exactly they're going to do it but that seems to be the next steps at least so far and what's the what's the um, so when people like use this news right in order to like spread whatever information it is about space um what is like what is the my question would be like for from someone who's just like trying to understand what's going on here because it could get it could, I understand it could be complicated for some people to 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 you know get it or whatnot like what's the risk at play in the space uh you know due to that I guess that I, I know it kind of sounds like a stupid question but I kind of want to ask that because it's like you know it's like just a base one that to make people no, understand that's the, that's the question that's the, that is the question so I think what people run this through to is right. Digital Currency Group, which is a parent company which runs all these different companies, has to um, maybe that it files bankruptcy. What happens next? Now, in the worst, worst, worst case of bankruptcy, we spoke about this with FTX, right? Um, when there's, you might end up with a liquidation, right, where they have to basically sell off all the individual assets, and it's um, they might even have to, and that that could affect Grayscale itself, and like it's a complete wind down of all operations. That's not what normally happens during a Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Often, like individual units are bought out of bankruptcy uh, because they're valuable, um, and that, we won't even get to that stage. But let's say, even in the worst case scenario, digital currency group has to file bankruptcy. It's very, very, very unlikely, in my opinion, that Grayscale would go into a like a liquidation um, because it's a, it's a business that makes money. Like it, it makes a huge amount of management fees each year running that um, running that ETF. And there's no doubt that somebody could come in um, and fund the operating cost of that um, and you clip a massive, massive profit um, each year by running that business. So the idea that they would wind down that business via bankruptcy just seems madness. Um, and that's what a lot of people are making the assumption of. Or like that's what people get, they, they kind of conflate the idea of digital currency group going down with Grayscale is going to have to sell all this Bitcoin, all this ETH. That's not 
well, that that would be a very silly thing to thing to do during a bankruptcy. Um, now, I, I think what, what might happen here is they might have to sell that business outright, and that might help them get through the bankruptcy, or they might have to sell equity in all these different crypto companies which they own, and maybe that causes depressed equity values for some of these for some of these companies. Who knows? But I don't see a scenario here, even if digital currency group goes down, where they are going to market and they are selling tw- like I don't know billions and billions worth of ETH and Bitcoin. You might see some um, some contagion in the, the fact that they they are equity investors in a, in a number of different companies in the space, but to a large extent, that those those investments have already happened. It's not like they prop up a bunch of different companies in the space. They do prop up Genesis, and there's been some talk about, like I said, the counterparty risk that Genesis has. But it's it's still not of the scale that you know ETH goes to like 600 or 700 because digital currency group goes down. Now, if they had to settle their Bitcoin and ETH, that would be a real different scenario. But I just don't see a scenario that, that happening. It's more it's more an extension of the you know the counterparty risk that we spoke about from FTX. Um, this is naturally going to be a smaller, smaller impact, but it still will have an impact, and uh, it will take some time to, time to ripple through. But digital currency group going down does not equal Grayscale selling all its Bitcoin and ETH. I don't see a scenario where that happens. I, I thought I did read something actually. I'll see if I can find the link. But I did read someone posted the docs for it, and it said pretty clearly it said that if um, the parent company is insolvent. Then the trust can be liquidated. And I mean, it the, can be liquidated, but why would why would you? The business makes like makes billions, right? Like, yeah, uh, it, that's a profitable business. Somebody else would just come in and run it. Yeah, but what if you're an investor at the parent company? Like billions each. That's all right. I think you just cut out the so last thing you said. By liquidated, that, that I think by liquidated that would mean like you could sell. You could sell Grayscale, but you wouldn't sell the underlying assets at Grayscale. Do you see what I mean? That doesn't solve anything. That doesn't. I think you have the ability to. Well, I think you have the ability to liquidate the assets if you want to. Whether you want to is another question, but you know, like it's not. I think it's not an improbability because some investors might just be like, "Fuck this! Let's just take. Let's just like take it out." Do you know what I mean? I think it kind of depends on like what. Is voted on, or how, how what goes through at the DCG level, or, or at the parent level, whatever the actual parent company is. So, but again, why would they sell for, for DCG? They only just get the profits from running that business, right? They just get the profits from running their business. So, why would they sell the actual underlying assets? It's like selling the machinery at the company rather than selling the actual company itself. It's like that. It doesn't necessarily make sense to them to do that. That they would realize a much smaller value. Doing that way, uh, I guess it depends if it's completely insolvent and if they have liabilities they have to pay, and if they're unable to pay it. Like if you have liabilities that are immediate that you need to pay, and you're unable to pay it without like structuring some kind of bridge financing to continue to be a going concern, then they would potentially have to sell the assets to pay that, right? So they would sell the machinery, and I just still think they'll they'll get buyers. I think they'll get by. The I resolution, that, the resolution think, of that just yeah. seems that just seems like a very strange resolution of, of, of like a business which is actually oper- is operating well. Um, I guess that's why they're trying to get this billion dollars now, so they can. They're trying to. That. They're going to try. They, and, I think if they don't. Then I think they'll it have is, to sell. Yeah, 
they'll have to sell grayscale i think is what they're going to actually have to do at the end of this like yeah. they will get buyers for grayscale i think even in the market you've seen if you type in grayscale right now there are people saying there are buyers for grayscale but there are not buyers for all the other assets what they're going to end up doing is selling grayscale to save the rest of the company yeah um, i think that's fair. digital currency group i think that's fair, digital yeah. currency group will probably be a much smaller player going forward this is pretty wild um Sorry, I was just like listening to you guys go back and forth on this. Um, obviously, something that people need to uh, to pay attention to. I'm kind of wondering, Mondo, maybe you know where we can... I'm trying to find like threads when I was like kind of searching for things while you guys were talking. I don't know if there's a thread that kind of explains everything for people to have it all in one place. Um, but definitely, um, we'll find something and try to share uh, eventually uh, once we find out more about this. Um, any... So, what's next for them? Like, what would you... Like, obviously, you guys were talking about this. Tough question, but not really what's next, but like, you know, when are we expecting this to unfold? Like, how do we like keep track? I, th- I think right now it's been pretty, pretty known that since Genesis went yeah. down, there's, there's mm-hmm. issues, right? There's issues at Digital Currency Group. Now, it's, uh, it's unclear whether you have like a related party transaction here where they, they maybe, uh, they maybe lent money to, um, to Genesis, which is now, they can't get back and maybe they have a big hole in their balance sheet up at the top code now. That's what I think has happened. So now they're thinking, right, how do we raise a billion dollars up at the top code? Um, there was some fud some over the weekend because Grayscale denied what didn't give uh, show the wallets where, where um, it held its Bitcoin and people were like, oh, this is just one big fraud. And I think um, Noriel Rubini, who's like a very prominent um, like critic of 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 crypto in general came out was like this is all one big house of cards it came out a few hours ago that grayscale um showed that they have all the assets of coinbase and i think coinbase um issued like a statement or at least it was issued alongside grayscale so they do have all the bitcoin um that was one one piece of fud but uh the the next move for them is going to be like how do we raise this money and you can actually look through all the the investments that digital currency group has made they've made a ton of different um different investments so and some of them look like in okay companies to me so i've no i have no idea how big the um how big the the size of these investments are but uh i do think it's it's maybe enough or maybe it isn't but um they definitely got some things that they can sell not just not just grayscale but to cure a billion dollars you probably need to sell grayscale yeah like one way or another they're probably gonna have to sell part of it or gonna have to sell um you know they're going to have to they're going to have to come up with a billion dollars, and I think the only interesting asset here is Grayscale, so of that size. Yeah, Simon just sent me a, te- a tweet from Sisyphus, uh, and he says, and it's like it was from like 50 minutes ago. Yeah, um, clarity on what is going on with DCG will probably come in the next two three days. If I had to speculate, it's an announcement of a Grayscale sale for liquidity, but just like with FTX, any sale or rescue would come with an escape clause for the buyer. So obviously. The speculation at this stage, uh, but you know, this is what uh, he seems to think, and uh, and a couple of people like I'm reading on the timeline seem to be thinking similarly than you guys. I mean, it is a lot of money to have to come up with. So, um, fuck, wow. So there you go. Like we were talking about contagion, right? <laughs> last week, over the last couple of weeks. So obviously, uh, this is a result of that, right? It's an interesting set of scenarios here. Like w- this all again comes from originally from Luna. So grayscale assets. So it holds um, Ethan, Ethan uh, and Bitcoin, and they trade at about a 50% discount to net asset value. So let's say they own $5 billion worth of 
um, of Bitcoin, like the 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 trust itself only trades with an asset value of like two and a half billion. So it only trades at like a fifty percent discount. And the reason why that was is because it's kind of like stake deep. It's not not liquid, and they're waiting for their their approval to for it actually be an ETF. Um, and during the the sell off from three AC, they they owned. Remember, three AC was the biggest owner of Grayscale Bitcoin. Um, they like they this is what they mainly owned because they were like it traded a massive discount, and they thought it was a good trade to own Bitcoin at a 40 percent discount because they were like you know we'll never we're never three AC was like we're never going under. Um, so what they ended up doing is they had to sell all that. And it looks like Digital Currency Group actually bought it from them. So it looks like they were the ones who were basically taking the other side of the 3AC liquidation. And then they themselves have run into issues because similarly, then Gemini went down. So um, it's like they took on the risk that 3AC, which brought down 3AC by owning their own assets, they own the, the grayscale Bitcoin. And then when they ended up running into a liquidity issue themselves, they suddenly don't have the money to cure it. So it's just it's just ridiculousness, really. Like um, th- This was, again, massively mismanaging of risk. But at least to this extent, I don't think it's, um, I guess, yeah, there is, there is like retail deposits. But this doesn't feel as bad as FTX. All right. Well, there you have it. That's a that's a good breakdown. Uh, do we think that Paul Graham tweet is related to this? <laughs> do you guys see what the? <laughs> I saw that. It? I was like, it's kind of like it's a little bit like. Well, it's a little bit late for a comment like that. Do you know what I mean? Paul, you're two weeks late. It's Internet Explorer here. Uh, he Paul Graham. Uh, you know, uh, a famous Paul Graham tweets out. Uh, it was funny. Um, so that that you know you gotta love um twitter ct right for immediately just i knew i was like oh that's pasta that's gonna be copy pasta for the couple of days to come and so it's obviously all over even vitalik buterin went into it but uh paul graham says a person that i have known for more than 10 years who i consider trustworthy is convinced the cryptocurrency economy will shortly experience a systemic risk i don't know anything concrete but if i were exposed i would be concerned and then he follows that with i didn't write that he did. <laughs> Since I don't know any details, I didn't feel like I should edit it. And because I don't know any details, it's no use asking me what he means. If you read, if you read the preceding tweet, you know as much as I do. There's like such a weird thing to put out there. Like I don't know what you guys think about that, but it's like, it's, it just feels so unnecessary. Um, and obviously Twitter uh, did its thing and uh, rehashed that. Amanda, what do you think? Well, this is the, the the founder of Y Combinator, right? Um, so he's like very yeah. well known in, in the private circle, yeah. Um, and like a very just very well known technologist. But um, he, I don't know, it just feels like one of those things. Like it's just like this wouldn't be a big thing in a bear market, in a bull market, but gets picked up in a in a bear market, and people, you know, I like this meme which is going around. Because I've been hearing things like there's just so much fud right now. Like you can just spin up a story out of nothing. And it becomes a big deal. Um, even with the hacker, right? The hacker ended up buying all that ETH. Um, and then, uh, like, just this, it's not even that big a movement, right? Like, we're talking about him selling, what, 50 million? Like, yeah, he's a crazy. Yeah. And yet, everyone's just losing their minds about this sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think it's, uh, I think it's just very easy to spin up a, to, to like a, a bear market story at the moment. So I think it's got a lot of press. I don't. There's clearly 
it's, it's difficult to work out the substance. The big like known knowns here are are things like um, I think like digital currency, digital currency group. But like, maybe there's an like an unknown factor here. Maybe there's like a strong action from the SEC against ETH, or maybe there's a a banning of Tether by the U.S. government, or maybe there's um, maybe Satoshi wakes up and starts selling all of his Bitcoin. Like, who who knows? There's like there's a few different things, like random things that could happen that maybe this person is talking about. But Satoshi, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what it is. So Paul G spoke to Satoshi Nakamoto, um, and uh, he's aware of his uh, up and coming uh, Bitcoin. Uh, sale of Bitcoin, and uh, Satoshi is going to come out and uh, and surprise uh, everyone. Uh, it's been Mark Cuban all along. Uh, Mark Cuban is uh, Satoshi Nakamoto. Uh, should we should we tap the breaking news here? <laughs> oh man, it's funny. Uh, it was funny to see uh, Vitalik uh, meme that tweet and uh, and try to come back at him. And then, but also like when Paul responded, Vitalik kind of like backtracked backtrack a little bit it was just like the whole thing like yet kobe coming like yo if you're dunking on someone dunk all the way like don't take it back and uh and it was uh and it was so funny um actually paul saying that what vitalik said is an asshole thing to say uh never a dull day uh on this eight dollar app i would say free app but it's not free anymore uh going on um over the weekend too over on twitter i'm sure um a lot of you all are aware if you spent uh time on here it's been uh it's been a pretty wild times uh, on the timeline, uh, to say the least here. Uh, what do we got up next? What do we got uh, going on here? Let me look at this. So we have obviously the FTX hacker. You guys just talked about it. But just quickly, like, how insane is it, Mando? Like, you're talking about these numbers. Yeah, he sold. Actually, he's at, like, what, 65,000 ETH sold. Like, man, the fact he was able to take so much money just like that is it's crazy to me. Like, it's like, can we like stop there for a second? Like, you were talking about, well, prior to the sale, 250,000 ETH. Like, I can't even fathom uh, that amount. It's, uh, it's absolutely insane uh, to think about it. So, um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, uh, we get over that story soon. But fuck. Go ahead. Oh, I think he cut out here. I think we lost him. Yep. I was just saying, it's a strange situation because I think this, again, people got really confused around this time because there was a black hat, hat a hacker and there's a white hat hacker. And, and it, it was, people don't know who is who really. Um, or at least they like, again, they, they put both stories together. Um, and there's a lot of like misinformation. I think Fubar put out a really good thread yesterday about it, like the actual situation here. It does seem like this person is not the Bahamian government. Like this, this person is either a, a disgruntled FTX employee or is an FTX employee had some sort of malware and this person was like lying in wait for like maybe a bigger hack of, of FTX. And then this was his final moment and, and, and thought he'd just kind of take it. So, um, and it could be Sam, but if Sam continues to deny it's him, um, he says he, I think Sam has said he thinks it's like he knows it's one of six people, but he doesn't know who it could be. Yeah, it could be his entourage. It could be fucking like Caroline and yeah. all these people for all we know. Yeah, so there's been like 
some interesting developments here. Like he swapped it to Ren BTC, and um, Ren is a company which is invested in by Alameda. I think even part owned by Alameda. So um, that bridge, potentially, they, they knew the ins and outs of it, or like they, they knew it wouldn't get um, the address wouldn't get blacklisted. So it's just interesting to see how this develops. Like we'll know, I think, with time whether this is actually I don't know some state player like i don't know north korea because remember remember north korea was behind the, the attack of the ronin blockchain um uh, where they stole like 200 million um and there'd been some idea that maybe malware was put on one of the ftx employees and that person was just waiting for like a, maybe even a bigger hack of like billions rather than millions uh hundreds of millions but it, it's looking increasingly like this is an ftx employee um so we'll just wait to see who that is <laughs> Dude, this is so crazy. Like, this whole, like, thing, like, here we are. How long? It was two Mondays ago that things, yeah, it was, like, not last week and the one before that things started going over on between CZ and Sam on Twitter, back and forth jabs. Then the Monday came in and Tuesday was when it hit, like, the whole, the everything. Uh, and it's been, we're two weeks in and just, like, the, 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 the effects of it. You see, like, we were talking about how this is not just going to blow off over a couple of days. Well, no, like we're still here like two weeks after and still like the same, not the same situation, but we're dealing with the same thing and, uh, and it's blowing up everywhere. So obviously it's going to take a bit. Um, and, uh, and you know, um, we're going to have to talk about it a little more and see what plays out here. So, uh, it seems like there's, uh, there's quite a lot of ETH left, uh, for them to, to, to sell. Do you want to quickly Mendo? So, for the people wondering, like, what Ren BTC is, you did say they were invested in it. Why not? Do you want to maybe tell they are, like, what exactly it is? It's, it's just, um, like, Bitcoin obviously can't be owned on on the uh, on the Ethereum blockchain. Um, it has to be wrapped. So this is basically a wrapped form of of Bitcoin, um, and Ren is one of the major bridges. Um, so. And that's when you can bridge between different um, different uh, blockchains. So the idea is that this would make it easier for them to bridge the assets onto onto um, on back to back to Bitcoin without them being uh, uh, blacklisted. Yeah. So it's uh, all the involvement of 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 this story is fucking crazy, uh, Mando. It's like it just feels like it's like never ending uh, in a way. And so it's just, uh, man, it's, ah, it's wild uh, with everything going on. Just, just hang tight, hang tight, everyone hang tight. Our Basil's around the corner, at least uh, for anyone who needs a, that little boost of energy. <laughs> I know we all need to feed off of each other uh, in person. Sometimes there's a, that a good energy coming back our way. I like to assume. Um, I, I hope so. I hope for it. Something that's going to, uh, be able to to put everyone a little up uh, in this uh, in this uh, down market. Uh, you know, uh, things aren't changing. Conviction is still there, and there's still a lot of people hanging around. Some dope stuff being built um, uh, on the side as well. So it's kind of like back to NFTs here uh, quickly. It's mostly regarding the apes. Um, I did get a couple pings on that too, actually, Mando. Uh, it seems like there's the ape DAO. Uh, that there's the council members that are changing. I'm assuming it's because um, the um, the uh, the governance there was probably like a a, a, a time in terms of like uh, how long uh, the people would be in place and if you remember uh, it's uh, it was you know Alexis Ohanian uh, it was Maria Bajwa it was it was um, and it was a, a bunch of 
pretty you know uh, pretty big people that were uh, that were involved in the in the in the council here and it seems like there's going to be uh, a vote uh, for new people to come in uh, and uh, and and be on be part of that council uh, mando uh, have you been following what's going on there Oh, yeah, sorry. I think we're bug- uh, sorry. The um, yeah. So just you can they're re- reapplying for like the council positions. Yeah, I'm trying Amy to find Wu, it. who was who was one of the council members, obviously worked at FTX, and, and mm-hmm. that's obviously got um, gone under. And I think um, one of the other council members, I think it's Dean Steinbeck, maybe. Yeah, Dean Steinbeck, um, Horizon Labs was runs the company that. Yeah, Horizon Labs, which is in charge of the staking. Um, staking a bit of ape, ape coin, so maybe there have been some questions about whether um, that had gone well. So uh, he's stepping down. Um, so I think there's three, maybe three places which are coming up to um, for, for renewal. Okay, yeah, it's I, I true. Thought ape coin went up. From... It went up yeah. on the back of this, but it's true. You're yeah, right because exactly. yeah. um, Amy, Amy was at FTX. Yeah, FTX. Um, it's 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 been removed. From her bio ever since, of course, but it's you, it, it's true. So it's the GM Ape Fam. That's from November nineteenth at five p.m. Uh, GM Ape Fam. Um, three of our existing special council members, Crypto Council Maria Bajwa and Amy Tongwu, uh, are stepping down uh, from their roles as ApeCoin DAO special council members, and will not be running again in the upcoming election. By stepping down, these special council members are opening up the positions for community members to bring new voices to the special council. And to the direction of the ApeCoin DAO, uh, and so there's a, obviously there's a thread on that, and you can check it out. They even have their nomination process um, going on there. If I'm not mistaken, it's quite a quite a payday too if you you get elected. No, <laughs> I forgot. I think wasn't that like what what people were talking about? It was like about? 200, 250 grand or something like that a year. So it's was it yeah, one twenty? Is it twenty five? Yes, yeah, like twenty five k a month. No, or am I? Off here, it was something. Like yeah, that. something like that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's what it was. Yeah, right. It's something like that because people were that. I remember when that came out, people were thinking that's a BAYC council, and they're like, oh, no, no, the whole thing. And then no, it was the ApeCoin DAO um, council, right? Because it's a separate, right, entity, and uh, and um, and so uh, obviously that's what's going down. So okay, three members. So three new members. Uh, I'm curious to see what what goes down there. Obviously, it's uh, it's. I mean. Supported for the for the board ape ecosystem. I know that technically speaking, like ApeCoin DAO, that, that foundation is separate from Yuga Labs and whatnot. But you know, there is uh, there's uh, you know a lot of people uh, have ApeCoin and a lot of the stuff you know uh, you know with other side and whatnot you know involve uh, ApeCoin directly. So it's uh, definitely um, definitely going to be interesting to see uh, what happens on that front. Yeah. Okay. So I'm looking at a thread right now that just came out. Uh, four minutes ago, um, uh, it says, "Oh wow, okay." So Jerron just—I uh, just got sent this from Blue. He's listening. I, I love the fact. Uh, I, I love the fact uh, that you know this live social audio, uh, Ovi and Mando, that we then post a recording of. So uh, Jerron just posted uh, the FTX accounts drainer has just moved ninety thousand uh, ETH, um, fifty thousand per address. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six addresses here. 50k uh, ETH per account. Uh, yeah, it says the FX account drainer has just moved. Out. And there's an Ether scan. Let me, uh, let me, uh, let me share that uh, here at the top. So 
we'll see what happens. Uh, hold on. I don't know if you guys are seeing that. What do you guys think is going to happen here? Is he, uh, is he just about to dump six wallets worth of 15,000 ETH at once or something? <laughs> oh my God, this is wild. Probably. I mean, he sold 50,000 in, in about three hours, I think. Um, it'll be, yeah, he's probably going to start selling it all. I think yeah. there are questions about why would he do it, this on Bitcoin. I think number one is this bridge. Like maybe he hasn't yeah. been blacklisted yet by the bridge, the address. So um, maybe he'll be able to bridge it fine. Um, and also some questions about like Bitcoin is perhaps a more decentralized network than than Ethereum. Mm -hmm. So potentially it would be easier for him to to kind of make it out with the with the funds. I have no idea. Yeah, um, I'm looking at the threads. So CC Fubar and others, and he says three minutes ago, um, all fresh wallets so far just sitting, uh, just ETH sitting in them. Yeah, all the wallets are like fresh, brand new. Um, damn. I guess there's something that's gonna happen. <laughs> I don't know when. We don't know what. Uh, but there's something that's gonna happen. Um, I actually, I want to, I want to talk about this a little longer with you two. Um, is this gonna be the chance to 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 get some uh, some of that cheap Easter Ovi? <laughs> are you are you like I think putting so. your hands together, going? Mm. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, it's tempting, you know. Like it's it could happen. I told myself I would wait for one k and then start averaging down below. So that's only a ten percent move away from here now, which is not inconceivable given the potential headwinds and the stuff that's going on. But yeah, like I think um, I, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I have so much exposure to crypto. I'm not exactly rubbing my hands, hoping for it to go lower. But um, I think if it does this time, we're going to just get another bite at the apple at three-digit ETH, which I actually genuinely thought would never happen again until we had the whole F FTX thing. So I think it could be an opportunity. I don't know. Well, let's see what this guy does. And let's see. The market is now expecting it as well. So it's, it's kind of like a little bit priced in to an extent. But um, you never know. It could It could cause some selling pressure that there isn't liquidity there for but it's difficult to say really yeah it's uh i don't know what the hell is going on over there uh but it seems like um it seems like there's something uh happening uh mando are you gonna you're gonna be buying here yeah sure like if this if this goes to i mean if this dumps meaningfully i think i think this is always a good time to buy but I'm not going to sit here and tell this to other people, but yeah, the, like when you see big technical moves like this, where somebody's just like dumping indiscriminately, then yeah, that's normally that's normally a good sign. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. I'm trying to see if the news affects at all. Oh look, the price of ETH is eleven eleven. Um, I don't know what that means. I I don't think the numbers are going to be in our favor this time. <laughs> I don't think the angel numbers are, are are on our side right now, based on uh, on everything that's been unfolding over the last couple of weeks. But hey, uh, we saw it then. That's when I just uh, I just caught it. I'm trying to see if uh, if Gerard is 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 live tweeting at the same time, kind of like following the movements of there uh, as they're doing, I guess, uh, all the on chain sleuth. Uh, uh, stuff. So I'm just I'm just looking through it right now. Um, it doesn't seem like um, it doesn't seem like there is anything else happening on that front. Uh, oh wow, that's so funny. You know the you know the big tech alerts uh, Twitter that that keeps track of uh, of uh, like all the big people that like whatever is like follows or unfollow people. Oh no, wait, it's milk bags. Never mind. I was going to read a tweet out and I just caught the freaking username right before I said it. 
Hell yeah. I got marked safe. Marked safe from getting gut on 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 Twitter Spaces live. <laughs> Uh, in the in the in on uh, while on 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 while hosting the show. Oh my god, that's one thing you gotta be careful about when you're hosting or what, if you're what tweeting. Was what was it? Nah, 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 dude. Because he was he he. So he basically like impersonated uh the the big tech uh like following thing like that that bot whatever. I don't know if it's a bot or person. I think it's a bot. Like no longer like it'll say like. For example, yesterday it was showing like that Mark Cuban is no longer following like just a bunch of people like like crypto exchanges and crypto people, uh, which act, that was actually I'm pretty sure that was true. It was so funny to watch, uh, but uh, it was de- uh, milk bags as usual trolling and like <laughs> uh, I love that he added parody. That's, I caught on to it, uh, but he was saying like Joe Biden is no longer following SBF and I was just laughing at myself. And then I was like, wait, wait, that doesn't make any sense that they're reporting on Joe Biden. <laughs> And I looked at the, I look, I look on the bucket. Yeah, dude, I look on the thing. I look at the handle, which I already do that, always do now because it's like so dangerous. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I caught on to it, um, because of that. I was like, ah, okay, uh, I see. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it's funny. He, he went viral actually for, um, um, it is funny. He went viral. It was posted about an hour ago, uh, and it's got like two, three thousand likes. And he's just going at it, saying like Hunter Biden, Zelensky, Trump, Fauci, Kamala Harris, all that stuff. Uh, not following SPF. So yeah, definitely be careful if you're uh, if you're uh, kind of leaning into CT for the first time, uh, and and uh, you're trying to get into crypto and NFTs, and you're coming into Twitter. Um, just uh, yeah, just <laughs> just um, yeah. Uh, and so, okay, so back to the back to the action here. I'm looking at a tweet from Fubar Ovimando, and he's saying FTX hacker. He just posted seven seconds ago. Uh, Fubar is the person I follow usually for this kind of stuff. He says FTX hacker now moving money around in chunks of fifteen thousand ETH might be preparing to sell. Very fun that the entirety of crypto price action is determined by the whims of some random Bahamas dude. In that sense, I guess nothing has really changed. <laughs> Are you guys just sitting there waiting for some bomb to be dropped like I am or something? Like it's just like pretty much. It's just like, yeah, it's like uh much. <laughs> Are you how is that I'm I'm trying to see how crypto is reacting to that. Um I'm looking at Bitcoin and ETH. Of course, Bitcoin is like just right right under 16 ETH now, right under like 151970. Uh and 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 uh and ETH is at eleven hundred sharp. So um so that's what it is. Uh, I know we got Rafiq coming in a couple of minutes. Uh, that's the last second edition, so obviously he had a quite a busy schedule. It was done to a few things, uh, but um, but maybe we can t- chat real quick because at the beginning I was I was mentioning um, I was mentioning um, our Basel right and how we're all going to be there and whatnot. And I know we're one week away, and some people are wondering. Uh, I know there's probably a thread out there of like all the cool events that are going down. You know how it is in NFTs and crypto. There's always a bunch of people uh, doing a bunch of cool stuff and, and it's usually scattered and all over the place. So maybe I wanted to share some stuff that's going to be going down uh, and uh, where to find us or where to just come vibe uh, with everybody because uh, we'll be all three of us, right? Oh, you're flying Friday, if I'm not mistaken? You flying to... Flying on Friday, yeah. So I'm going to be there a little bit earlier. Yeah, you're going to um, be there before us. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you, you guys are going to miss me on the show on Friday. Oh, no. Oh, no. 
Yeah, I know. Uh, you sound you sound devastated. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm crying on the inside. Listen, it, it's never. It's always weird when there's uh, when there's one person uh, when that one person missing on the show. I know I was laughing. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, but on our end, uh, I, I just put, there you go. I was looking for the text uh, for the tweet that we put out there at Rogue Video, and I, I just put it up there. Uh, we announced that I think a couple of weekends, uh, two weeks ago or something like that. Um, 10 days ago, it seems. Uh, but first, we'll be at Metaverse Miami uh, on the 29th and 30th. So I'll be getting in on Monday. I think when do you get in on the same day as me? I'm not sure. Uh, but around those days. So I'm flying in next Monday. Um, and the show will happen next Monday. It's just going to be, we may have to push it a couple of hours, just so y'all know. Um, just so we don't, you know, because I'm going to have to rush from the airport to the hotel room. But point being, point being, uh, we'll be at Metaverse Miami. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of dope people. Uh, you can definitely still get your tickets there on Mavericks.Miami. Uh, I guess the more the price of ETH uh, drops, <laughs> the more, uh, the cheaper the, 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 the tickets are getting in, <laughs> in US dollars. So we're, we're just sponsoring the stages and stuff. So that's why we'll be around with Rug Radio and we'll be creating some cool behind the, uh, behind the scenes content for you folks. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun uh, with a bunch of the creators on Rug Radio and, you know, we're going we're gonna to be there. We're also going to host a show live. Uh, the morning show, obviously, I think pretty much from our rooms, but we'll still be, uh, all three of us, speaking on different panels uh, throughout uh, the two days, 29th and 30th. And then on the 30th, which is what I pinned at the top here, um, is uh, the Gateway, uh, which is the NFT Now event. Uh, but we're going to be there. Uh, we're going to be hosting uh, our own little thing party uh, over there. Uh, we have the main stage at 5 p.m. Uh, on uh, Wednesday, November 30th, uh, next week, uh, where we'll be discussing, obviously, Project Basil, which is uh, something we've been working on for over three months now, uh, behind the scenes of Rug Radio. Uh, so super excited. Obviously, we, we haven't been saying a word about it to, to our holders or to anyone, uh, per se, because it's something we've been working on for a while. We wanted to surprise people. So it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, so that's going to be announced uh, on, on stage uh, at 5 p.m. Uh, that day. Uh, so it's uh, that's gonna be hella cool. I uh, can't wait for that. And then you know, a little little fun, little get together party, whatever you want to call it. There's some cool performances that NFT now already had planned. Uh, I think they're from like six to nine or something. Uh, so all the way to nine p.m. So definitely come by uh, to RSVP. The link is in that tweet that's pinned. Uh, we're gonna we've put it out on Rogue Reading and whatnot. So if you listen on replay, um, you can you know look through our through our account and search for the words NFT now or Gateway. Or stuff like that, and so that is uh, that is available for RSVP in that thread. So in the thread that I pinned at the top, uh, you can RSVP. It's free. Uh, it's completely free, and uh, it'll give you access to to all five days. So it's gonna be cool. So we're gonna be doing both of those things, uh, and then uh, I mean, what else are you guys looking forward to? I'm I'm excited for whatever the rare Pepe and the fake rare, like the Pepe Pawn Shop crew is 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 brewing. I know they've got something going on in Miami. And everything they do is always like super like art focused, obviously, like which is what that community is all about. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. I think I'm gonna go there. It's the second to the fourth, so definitely gonna go there um, on the second. But I don't know, Ovi, Mando, was there something you guys? I know Mando, you gotta come in really quickly in and out for our events. But I don't know if there's anything else that you guys were kind of looking forward to. I think it's for me. It's the first big thing since NFT NYC. I think like we had NFT London, and it was. It was good, but nothing like, sadly, nothing like what the events are in, in the US at the moment. So the, the, the tough thing is a lot of people have just been wrecked and lost a shitload of money. So I don't know how fun it will be. But mind you, like NYC was pretty fun. And that's when ETH was at three digits. So it looks like we could be shaping up the same thing again next week. But I think it's just going to be like, if anyone is in, this, in the States or in Florida or whatever, like I really advise if you've not been to one of these in real life things before, 
I would really advise coming to them because it makes you, you know, we're all here sitting behind screens and we're like, oh, let's try and make a bit of money on this here and there. But I think when you go to these in real life activations, you kind of realize what the power of this stuff is and the, the power of these in real life communities. And I don't I hate using the word utility, but just like the benefits you get from owning whatever you own and going to these, whether it's like parties or talks or like live podcasts, whatever it is, like all these sorts of things I think are just like really amazing events. And it's, I think it will be a nice way to see out what's been a difficult year and just to actually be able to speak to people and, and catch up with people. And we're all going to be there. And I've, I've met so many people this year at all these in real life things, people who I'm now friends with as well. So if you haven't come to these things, I would really, really advise making the effort because, um, you know, just being able to meet people in person is ironically, which is not what we all started out on this thing to do, but is actually one of the most amazing things for me about the space uh, so far this year. Yeah, it's, uh, I want to, I want to go to like some of the, um, last year didn't make as much time. It was tough because so much stuff going on, but like to go towards like all the art activations. So if you have anything going on, it's cool. Like make sure you share it, uh, everyone. And uh, because there's going to be a lot of cool shit going down uh, doing Art Basel. Um, and I know there's always like tweets and threads about like everything going around. I'll, I'll try to share whatever I have it. Uh, I'm sure like NFT, uh, Twitter already handled that. I'm pre- actually, I saw one, uh, last week. So I know for a fact, uh, there's some information going out there about all the events. I know, for example, like the Pudgies, they have like an event on the Monday, uh, and, and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's a definitely a lot of, uh, dope stuff happening, uh, in Miami. So we'll probably be reminding you uh, across the next couple of days um, as we're on the show uh, for listeners who want to come participate if you're around. Uh, it'll be fun. That NFT, the gateway account event <laughs> is uh, is uh, downtown Miami, if I'm not mistaken, Flagger, Flagger, Flagler District. Uh, that's where it is. And then uh, the uh, Metaverse Miami one, though, it's on South Beach. Uh, it's uh, in uh, at the Inn Rock. Uh, hotel in South Beach, uh, where a lot of the stuff is uh, when it comes to art and art basil. So, uh, cannot wait, cannot, cannot wait. And with that, with that, with that, we are joined right now by the man, the myth, the legend himself, Rafik Adadol. Rafik, good morning. How you doing? Good afternoon. Hey, Rafik. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The crowd is cheering, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so sorry for my voice. I'm so sorry because the last 48 hours in the museum is amazing. And I lost my voice because of a wonderful people coming to the museum from the Web3 community. So super grateful for everyone here, there, in live, physical, virtual. We are are so grateful uh, to have you. We were saying being the show and also like over the weekend like how excited we were for you to come just because you're such a happy person oh, and happy so boys and nothing better on a monday morning uh hosting the show that and in, in the middle of the bear and all the negative stuff that we kind of yeah. have to talk about because we're not going to avoid it either it's happening right the market is the market yeah. so you know we're talking about it uh yeah. ideally in a positive light to tell people to hang around but it's still hard, right? And even on the NFT front, Rafik, not much happened. So, um, you know, you're a, you're a light in the middle of all this. Um, you know, last week we had a bunch of happy things happen on the art side with Fuo and, and ACK yes. and whatnot. And now with you at the yes. MoMA, thank let's you. talk about it. Oh my thank God. You so, so, much. Thank you so much. So, so Rafik, um, 
Mr. Mr. Rafik, Mr. I'm gonna call you no, Mr. No, Rafik, Monsieur Rafik Anadol. Here, so I'm I'm pinning a tweet at the top from the Museum of Modern Art here, uh, and it's a quote from you. I am trying to find ways to connect memories with the future and to make the invisible visible. Now yeah. open, see unsupervised, an installation using AI to interpret and transform more than 200 years of art at the MoMA. Um, First yes. of all, congrats once again for the millionth time. Uh, second of all, Rafiq, how does it feel? Like, thank you so much, man. It, wow, so 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 deeply grateful. First of all, like full of gratitude because again, this is for me something. But for the space, starting with the space again, it's super important because first of all, NFTs and the blockchain and like you know Web three communities, we all like come together around you know, digital dreams, like all of us have digital tools, like try to communicate. Of course, we have physical tools, people working like beautifully, you know, physical ideas, like, but at the end, we manifest the final output in a digital format, right? So from that context, it's super meaningful, I hope for the space that will create a beautiful um, resonations between, you know, generation to museums, but also, Again, MoMA is, you know, there's this joke <laughs> that I'm hearing a lot that if you're alive, MoMA, if you're a dead artist, it can be Lure Museum. So it's a really incredible spectrum that MoMA, you know, accepted this innovation and, and, and respectfully work with closely. So a little bit background for everyone. So the project started almost 18 months ago. So it's, and MoMA was so innovative institution that they started like, uh, by the way, another huge thanks to Casey Rias and, and a hero who is the founder of uh, processing a JavaScript-based, object-based creative coding. He teach me how to code 10 years ago at UCLA, where I teach. And um, so he is like a pilot and, and a pioneer of a generative art. And and having him next to us and our curators, Michelle Kua, Paolo Antonelli, by the way, another feedback, <laughs> MoMA is not another museum. Uh, MoMA has Pac-Man in their archive. 10 years ago, they collected games as an as a like a art form so so super open-minded institution 18 months ago they said like okay how can we create collectively during the pandemic make a blockchain exhibition so the first version was a blockchain exhibition when the museum was almost closed so it's an visionary start from the moma and then i think after a successful drop a beautiful communication amazing discord reactions of course the museum understood that this is a new generation, this is a new audience, and also these people create and connect and communicate, which was beautifully well-received. And on top of it, they said, what happens if you bring the physical world? And I said, wow, like this is amazing. Then what should we do? So for almost eight months ago, they said, okay, we should do this. And then we said, okay, how can we bring the NFTs to the next level? How can we make it much better than how we envisioned a year ago? So thanks to NVIDIA friends, as you may know, NVIDIA is behind many powerful GPU-driven uh, research through computer graphics, games, and AI. Uh, I'm fortunate five years ago, start imagining together, thinking together with many engineers to like, uh, and, and thanks to Jensen Huang and the CEO of NVIDIA, collected our studio works many years ago, five years ago. And then they said like, we also, we are ready. Like, do you, do you have any <laughs> next level ideas? We said, we want a real-time AI, getting data from blockchain, camera, microphone, and climate data, and create a living artwork. And they first look at, like I say, this is interesting because, you know, we have mid-journey, stable diffuse, but they are just like a 5 to 12 pixels, and, and the movements are not necessarily, 
you know, MoMA focus. It can be, you know, the same senses create the same output. So, like, we need, like, some innovation here that is just, you know, something more customized and specific for MoMA. And 138,000 artworks exist at MoMA Archive. And these are the people, like, started movements, like, in the painting, sculpture, object, uh, games, and video, performing art. So, so we use all this incredible information and train a new neural network. It's not a red, like, it's not StyleGAN or existing GitHub thing. We just create a whole new neural structure in collaboration with NVIDIA and make a 4K by 4K AI model, which is running right now, real time, by using microphone and climate and the sound data. And it's ever changing all the time. I think we created a living artwork at MoMA and open to everyone. Hope you can see everyone. Wow. So this is so cool. Uh, I saw all the videos, all the photos. Uh, I know a lot of friends that went out there uh, to see it in person and it looks fabulous. Um, Thank you so much. Honestly, wish I was there. Um, and it's so, so cool. So hold on. I kind of want to take a step back here. First of all, that was really cool stuff you said. that they, I didn't know that. They collected Pac-Man yeah, as yes. a game. Yes. But as art. So exactly. Is, wow. I, I, Wow, this is funny. Okay, it's cool. It's and, like and funny. By, by the way, the curators like Michelle, like we are talking with Wagmi, like like we are in the like you know space. <laughs> so truly, like they are following the Discord. It's like you know amazing. Breaking news: the the, yeah. the, the, the MoMA people use the term <laughs> Wagmi. Yeah. Uh, they they haven't they haven't caught on to what's going on yet, uh, Rafiq. But it's okay. Keep them that way. Uh, keep. I'm kidding. <laughs> keep, yes, yes, yes. Tell, <laughs> Rafik Anadol is leading the MoMA to buy your bags, everyone. Wag me. <laughs> Just kidding. But <laughs> oh my god, I knew you would you would you would you would, uh, you would change the tone this morning. Uh, Rafik, I love you, dude. So I want to talk about so obviously like we already, you know, for people again, like if you want to learn more about, about, about Rafik, like definitely like tune back into the interview we did with him. It was really cool. Mando led that one. It was great back and forth mm-hmm. around quantum computing yes. and the crazy shit you do like yeah. your stuff you do is just <laughs> insane can we talk a little more about what like how did the process work with moma because we had a conversation yeah. a few months ago on the stage yes. when they announced they're selling remember they were selling 70 million dollars worth of art yes uh, to get into digital yes. art and i'm assuming this is their first foray into it yes do, can, is there anything you can share with re- regards to like was that tied to this or yeah and, like, how was the process yes. maybe from behind the scenes of course. So, so first of all, again, um, MoMA is a pioneer museum. Again, uh, when <laughs> they signal the future, they like work, um, you know, very closely and incredibly intelligent and intellectually deep um, research teams at MoMA, like looking every single patterns that's going on in the in the Web three space, also like in the digital art, AI art, you know, creative computation. Like they look across like the imagination um, because they are trying to, you know, <laughs> they are trying to find the pioneers, the moments where the thing started. And they document the history. So um, this is a very important part, by the way, why museums are important. And then, so in the, in the early days, of course, when we start the project, like, okay, like how many people will collect this? Like, is this something like, by the way, MoMA get, of course, percentage from the drop. And then because, you know, they provide the data, they do the, like IT management, they like record this data, maintain data. Of course, it's a collaboration, right? So, which is amazing. Like, I mean, imagine the like, um, moment of like blockchain exhibition 
in collaboration with MoMA curators on blockchain and then becomes a collection. I think this is like a pretty sci-fi looking for other museums <laughs> because, you know, some museums are very slow. Some of them are more innovative. And from a, not, MoMA is a non-profit. Let's just remember it. Um, it's not for profit. That means that, you know, ticketing and, you know, preserving centuries old art is a lot of cost. Um, so I think they also like imagining like how, how, how they can become a part of the blockchain world, you know, and collect the work through the blockchain itself and maintain through the blockchain. What I understand is that, um, so the good news, yes, they are absolutely sharing amazing couple of news in the next week or so. You will hear more good news. So this is just a start. Um, and we will hear very much positivity around this uh, space, around collections. I cannot tell too much, but I promise it's a very good news coming more and more. from. The oh, wow. Side. Okay. Uh, okay. I can totally say the space, I hope, gets recognition and and I think... Yeah, I, I should not say it, but I can say it. the good. There's a positivity coming up from say this. it, say it, no, say literally, it, literally. say it. Come on, Obi Mando, help me. Say <laughs> it. <laughs> what what a moment positive. buying. What very, are they buying? Very, very, very positive. Our coming. bags. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's coming up. Very good news coming up. Um, and the other thing is, of course, man, like the opening night, like Saturday, Sunday, like all these two weekends. It was incredible. Like the Web3, of course, amazing people coming, engaging, talking, sharing. By the way, <laughs> so funny for my Discord, of course, we did a special meetup and uh, I show like the computers. By the way, we have two badass DJX stations, which are like super computers with a 320 gigabyte of VRAM <laughs> that runs the two artworks real time. You know, like nerding with the friends, like showing environments and it, it's just, you know, magical. I hope everyone can see it. I am, by the way, all day today here, happy to host you, happy to explain the piece. And we have some memento gifts, please. If you come to the museum, um, there's a special MoMA logo NFT on site that you can mint. Um, and, and they are already very valuable right now and for free. You can mint. Um, so another huge innovation from MoMA. Uh, they transformed the physical experience into a memento as an NFT with their logo. That's awesome. Look, I had a look through the, some of the photos of people going there this weekend. It was, it's just a pretty incredible. But I mean, I, this is what people always say with your work. I remember this time last year, you had the piece on the beach in, in, in Miami and, and people went nuts ah, for that. Last and, year. Yes. yes. I mean, exactly. this, year, this year we are so grateful that, I mean, last year the Art Basel was a very beautiful moment of engagement. I mean, bringing NFTs to public space, as you know was a very, very beautiful, uh, and we got a very positive reaction, if you remember, from the Washington Post, a super, super harsh critic normally, uh, and, and, and he said something very beautiful uh, about the potentials of the you know, NFTs in public space. And the other thing was uh, uh, this year in Barcelona, we did this uh, Casa Batio Gaudi's building as a performing arts, and we hosted 50,000 people in one night. Um, so I think these are, like, I hope, great examples for nfts to be in the public space explore as a feeling as an emotion first and then becomes an experience in the blockchain 
Yeah, I mean that's that's the exact design. I think a lot of your work, like people, Thank people, you um, people suddenly like NFTs after they see your work, which I think is pretty funny. Um, I wanted to ask. I know you have another drop coming up, right? You have, you have. Yes, 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 yes. Like, we, we only got eight minutes left, so I really want to get into what what does the future look like yes. to you as well. Yes. So, so as you know, and Meta friends, uh, Instagram specifically, we have been in touch for many years. By the way, <laughs> as a studio last seven years is our research we downloaded more than three billion images across social media to make art through nature culture urban but never used personally like you know self your like something like a focused on things without humans such as like again nature like national parks so you know the trees the flowers the buildings the, the cities and um and we had a very wonderful relationship with like meta in general Oh, another good news, uh, in New Orleans, 2nd of December, uh, we are doing an event at PyTorch. PyTorch is a, like a, t- a framework for AI research, like TensorFlow, like Google. But PyTorch is an open source Linux foundation approach. Um, so if you're interested, please join me. Um, it'll be a beautiful moment. We will share our know-how, pipelines, code uh, during PyTorch. So... That's how it started, I guess. And then Instagram said, like, we want to like do this engagement, but we want to test with a small um, batch of like NFTs. And I said, I don't need any income. Plus, can we do something for meaningful for Alzheimer's um, Foundation? Because unfortunately, my uncle uh, recently diagnosed by, I mean, five years ago, diagnosed by Alzheimer's. And I saw him, unfortunately, and uh, the other people in the hospital. It just, it, it, it just, this topic touches me so heavily in general, like talking about technology, quantum computers, AI. But, you know, at the end, unfortunately, our memory is melting. And this is a heavy disease. And I, I just found that this should be something not about, you know, another NFT project, but something meaningful and purposeful. So we are dropping 20 editions uh, from a four uh, still uh, AI data paintings. Um, and it will be only, I guess, 80 pieces, uh, 99, 99. 990 maximum it can be, I guess, because of some regulations going on. And it will be um, at 1 p.m. New York time, 10 a.m. L.A. time for U.S. Um, only IG accounts. I will be sharing this right at 1 p.m. sharp. Um, so hope you can get some. And it all proceeds go to the Alzheimer Foundations. No income to us and purely support a good cause. Uh, oh, these wow. Are, Okay, beautiful. And so, so it's gonna be. Yeah, remember we had Ruben uh, on last week. He was telling us about why there's a limit of a thousand dollars. So, um, it's like an app app store thing, I think. Um, exactly, exactly. So, so right now, my understanding is uh, Meta is trying to. I'm sorry, Instagram is trying to give this option to everyone eventually. Of course, the 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 the, the hope, but the challenge is regulations. Number one. And second, which I think, as we see in FTX, we we need we yeah. So. Um, I think I think they are like trying to understand this very uh, properly, um, and which is amazing. So, um, but so far it looks like a smooth. Um, many other awesome friends dropped things. Uh, it's working. Uh, other good news is like Meta. I mean, Instagram friends are so awesome. Like they are trying to be sure it works. They are engaging with us so nicely, and I think it's huge for space. I mean. Um, you know, I, I think IG, like Twitter, is very important where the first image environment before the text, right? So um, I think it's a very important for visual artists, creative artists, creative minds who have been sharing the images or videos. Right now, it's only image uh, at the moment, but it's historic. 
um, I think it will be remembered in decades later. Hell yeah. Wow. It's, dude, your art is so sick. Sorry, I just pinned it at the top. It's going to come in a second. That what's dropping, it's uh, today at 1 p.m. Yeah, so it's in yes. an hour. Um, yes. And all of the money going to supporting Alzheimer's Foundation. Yes. Which is really cool of you. Um, Thank you very much. From my heart, again, I think, by the way, just something much maybe um, important, just since our journey with NFTs, we donate more than $5 million. $2.5 million to San Jose Children's Hospital, uh, 1.7 million euro to like UNICEF last summer, completely proceeds got, went there. Um, and we yeah, went many more in between. But what, what I want to say is like, we do significant giving back to, to the future. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. Uh, I I just I just, I mean, we're fans, right? So it's uh, it's uh, it's just like really cool to see that you're just like trailblazing, like literally, so like with digital art, and you're at the moment at the same time you got like an ongoing drop on Instagram, and then turns out the whole like all the money is donated. Like there's just so much here, uh, Thank you very and, much. and it's really cool. Um, I guess my question would be like, what else do you got going on? That's yes. exciting in the future. But so, I mean, it's like, it's like, what? Okay. what it's tough to follow that. No, thank you. Thank you. Let me bring more and more positivity. So as you know, we once last year for many creators was a magic. Like we grow as a community all together. We had now amazing collectors and, and, and it is a new movement. It's a renaissance, clearly. Um, no, <laughs> moment level renaissance. Like we know that the medium is now in the histories. Um, of centuries. So what I think we are imagining is we should not do another like, a, you know, marketplace or another like a TV on our face. We are pushing a data land, which is our next metaverse museum opening in Los Angeles first, and then New York, and then Hong Kong, and then Dubai, and then many other locations. So we are working so hard last eight months with major partnership from Google, NVIDIA, these big news are coming more soon, but that was our huge, like, 18 hours a day, like, working hard while the moment is going on. <laughs> we have been, like, pushing these boundaries. It will be, I think, an amazing example of how the metaverse should be. Um, by the way, one hint, if you come to MoMA today, I can also show you <laughs> what happens if this living artwork has a scent. So we work with another AI called Charlie, trained on half million molecules of scents. We make what? the scent of this AI. I, I honestly and, and I swear you can you can smell this. It exists. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're interested, so um, yeah. What that, does it smell like? What is it, your it, What does your art smell like? So this AI, watched by another AI. By the way, there's a company called Ferminish. You can see it online. They are behind uh -huh. you know, Prada, Chanel, all the famous perfumes you know is invented by this company. By the way. And their AI is called Charlie and unfortunately was alone for two years because the brand doesn't understand how amazing uh, this can be. And by the way, this AI creates very expensive scent molecules so they cannot make a big batch perfumes. <laughs> so we made the, the scent of this AI, uh, MoMA living artwork um, scent. It feels like truly like an oil paint and an acrylic paint. One is called Andy, one is Winston. So if you come to the MoMA today, I'm happy to show you this afternoon and let you smell the uh, scent of an AI living painting in a blockchain. <laughs> <laughs> and so if someone's in New York right now and wants to go at, do that, do you, any details, times, place? Obviously at the MoMA. Uh, but, yes. Uh, so 
the today I am happy to be there. Let me uh -huh. see. Uh, after 3 p.m., I am very happy to host you. 3 to 5:30 p.m. You are very welcome. I'll be next to the artwork. Uh, can connect with you. You will see. A, uh, by the way, you will see a vertical um, TV that is running all the behind the scenes of the software. We have a generative AI that is showing you how that decision made, which parameters you know changes the like things. You can see all live, um, and I will be there. And I'll be hosting people, showing behind the scenes, nerding, and you know connecting and hugging. So please let's celebrate. Let's go. You heard that. Um... You heard that uh, after 3 p.m. So, uh, and you can go in. If you're in New York, honestly, if you Please. have the chance of being in New York, you should go. Please, you're welcome. It's, uh, it's wow, this is so cool. If I have so much work with me, I'd be getting on the plane, Excellent. bro. It's really close, but uh, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, makes me really happy. No better way to end the show uh, than, uh, than, uh, than to have you and to talk about this and, uh, and go off with our Mondays Thank on a so positive much. note. From my uh, heart, thank you so much, Farouk, everyone in the community. So we are on the shoulders of many giants, and I'm so grateful for everyone in the journey. And I hope we can connect in the physical world and hope this elevates and, and moves the space to a new, new, new direction and hope every creator, collector have a connection. And I'm deeply grateful for you to join me for the Alzheimer Foundation drop at 1 p.m. Thank you very much from my heart. Hell yeah. Well, congratulations, Rafiq. Thank you for coming on short notice. I know I think we only messaged you in the last 24 hours uh, always, to come on always. today. So it means a lot that you still make time uh, Please, to come always. and chat with us. Um, and excited to see what you mean when you said that the MoMA has some big stuff coming out. Yes. For the I, I, first, first year, first year. In, in a week or so, I will update you. Oh, <laughs> first year okay, 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 okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, once you're allowed to talk about it, yes, uh, yes. you're welcome to come back yes. and talk about it uh, yes. anytime. You're a friend of the show. You got a, Thank a, you so much. A perpetual invite. Uh, to GM Web3. Thank you, Rafiq. A big uh, shout out as usual to my co-hosts, OSF and Mando for another great show today. Golden is going to write a thread on the Rug Radio account. You're going to see it uh, in the next couple of minutes. And the show, as all of the other shows, are recorded and uploaded across all major platforms. You can check it out on Spotify, Apple. It looks like, gold. Cool, I was looking at the numbers. Look at Apple's leading Spotify. I was like, mm, okay, more people listen to Apple. The Apple yeah. listeners are killing it. Where's the Spotify people yeah. at? Let's go. Yeah, like buy a lot too. Uh, but uh, you love to see it. And obviously with the quality now, it's actually so much better to hear now that all three of us are all mic'd up. Um, so uh, someone was saying today's uh, OSF voice sounds silky smooth. But anyways, you'll be able to catch the replay there. And we'll see you all tomorrow morning. Uh, as usual, big thank you to, to Uniswap, biggest name in DeFi. And uh, and we'll see you all tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard. One second, one second, one second. Let me... Let me uh let me <laughs> So we'll see you actually back at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time today. <laughs> uh, as uh, we present you Givenchy as an exciting conversation with Matthew Williams, uh, designer behind uh, Givenchy, someone I followed for years and years and years. Someone super fucking dope. So can't wait for y'all to hear what they're up to with Bistro and uh, and Thought Scene. Uh, that they're partnering with in the Web3 NFT space. So we'll be there at 3 p.m. for that. We'll probably go oh, at 9 p.m. as well uh, for, the, for the GN show uh, with the fam. Uh, and then we'll see y'all tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for another episode of GM Web3 on Rug Radio. Let's go. And it's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. GM, GM. On this beautiful day